हेलो एंड वेलकम टू बिजनेस लाइन स्पेशल सीरीज ऑन द बजट आर नवोदिता गांगुली इन टूडेज एपिसोड वी टॉक अबाउट द प्राइमरी बैकबोन ऑफ द बजट दैट इज द वर्किंग ऑफ द फाइनेंस मिनिस्ट्री एंड ऑल्सो अबाउट टैक्सेस something that affects all of us so for this upcoming budget there are lots of expectations with regards to taxation will there be a change in the income tax slabs will there be any tax exemptions we also touch upon key sectors in this podcast such as investment health and education adding to it we address the question whether india will be able to be a dollar 7 trillion economy in 7 years as said by our chief economic advisor v anand nageshwaran to help decode these questions today i'm joined by my colleague shishi sinha hi shishi thank you so much for joining us thank you so how are you doing shishi fine thanks <laughs> so there must be lots of work with the budget in progress yeah see this is uh, what you can say last 14 days mm-hmm. uh, uh, before the presentation of budget and you will see many more news many more developments mm-hmm. many many more what i we call in the media circle as a kite flying so many stories are there that this may happen or that may happen uh but many of these stories are really speculative in nature or what you can call it as that that some mm. a kind of plantation kind of thing okay uh what exactly will happen that we will come to know only on 1st of february and okay. that only after 1 o'clock all right now the things uh, uh, which is most important in coming mm. is, is the halwa ceremony mm. halwa ceremony is going to take place on 24th and that will be a beginning of printing of budget documents hmm. and after a, a week or so the budget will be presented but during that one week 150 more than 150 employees of finance ministry and some other ministries hmm. they will be out of touch they will be out of what you can say uh, uh, there will be no uh, relationship there will be no connection with the outer world except okay. in the emergency situation hmm. so that the uh, last 7 days will be uh, very very important from the uh, from the budget presentation point of view and then we will get some sense uh, that what kind of direction or what will be the focus of the budget we, we can get some sense uh, it may be it may not be but we will get some kind of sense that so that is why i'm saying that the next 14 days are very very critical uh mm-hmm. you will see more and more uh, stories uh you will see more and more what you can say pre budget stories mm-hmm. more expectation more speculations uh but as i told you that uh, we will come to know about the budget or what are the proposals only on february one we'll discuss them in depth once the budget comes with you yeah so shishir like as you mentioned the finance minister will be really buzz, busy uh, once the halwa ceremony happens so how has been the working of the finance ministry since you track them closely see whenever you talk about the budget preparation mm-hmm. the budget preparation starts in the month of september with the okay. issuance of budget circular mm-hmm. after the issuance of budget circular then there is a what you can call what you uh, can call is the interministerial meeting after the interministerial meeting we get one uh, indication or we get indication about that what kind of revised estimate will be there because uh, you know when you see the budget documents there are two numbers one is called as the budget estimate and the other one is called as the revised estimate 
the re revised estimate will be for the current fiscal. Like if, if you see the budget document for say FY23-24, which is going to be presented on February 1, there will be actual for fiscal year 21, uh, 2021. Then there will be a uh, 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 number for 21-22. Then there will be budget estimate for 22-23. Then there will be revised estimate for 22-23. And then there will be budget estimate for 23-24. So these many numbers are there. Which are those numbers which are important for us? One is the revised estimate for the current fiscal and the budget estimate for the next fiscal. The revised estimate is uh, arrived after nine month numbers. Nine month of what? Nine month of income and expenditure of the government. Nine month means between April and, uh, uh, and December. So April, December number will determine what will be the revised estimate for the current fiscal. And we also have the budget estimate, which will be for the next fiscal. Like for this year, the budget estimate was 39.45 lakh crore. That was the budget estimate. Mm -hmm. We have already seen an increase of almost around 3 lakh crore to the first supplementary demands for grant. So we may see the uh, revised estimate for fiscal year 22-23 as something around 41 or 42 lakh crore. Mm -hmm. And on the basis of that, we will compare that what kind of provisions we are making for the fiscal year 23-24. All these things are finalized during the month of September to December. During the month of January, the decisions are mostly on the policy or mostly on the vision or mostly on the new scheme uh, 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 in the month of January. And after a detailed political consultation, these schemes or these visions are finalized. Year 2023 is very critical because of two reasons. One, it is last year before the general election. Number okay. two, mm -hmm. there are so many states election are happening. Mm -hmm. So during the budget uh, consultations uh, between September to uh, January, uh, uh, there is a possibility of more and more political uh, uh, things dominating the economic policy rather than economic policy dominating the political situation. So okay. this is what we are uh, seeing. And mm -hmm. of course, the finance ministry is buzzed. Uh, uh, for a finance ministry reporter, these are the very, very, what you can say, exciting times to get one information, one kind of what you can say, one hint that what, what is going to happen. Okay, all right. So as you mentioned that political aspects might dominate economic decisions, what do you think might be some of the decisions influenced by the general elections? Uh, of course, there are some of the schemes which are very, very politically sensitive schemes. Okay. One scheme is PM Kisan Samman Nidhi. Hmm. You must be aware that government uh, in the year 2019, just hmm. before the general election of 2019, uh, uh, they announced uh, uh, this PM Kisan and they said that uh, each of each uh, eligible farmer will get to be 6,000 in three installment, 2,000 rupees each. Now, with the inflation on rise, there is expectation and also because of the political consideration this amount may be raised from 6,000 rupees to 8,000 rupees. This is one decision where the political things will uh, certainly play a major role because mm. you, we all know that after repealing three farm laws, the government is looking for something which will portray itself in uh, much what, what you can call it as a farmer-friendly government. This mm. is number one. Number two, come to the Manrega. Manrega is another scheme which was launched before the general election of 2009 when the UPA government was in power. 
and Manrega has always given result in terms of political thing. So now the possibility is that there may be some kind of change in Manrega. Of course, we have seen a change from just from giving money to the asset creation. We will see some more changes in uh, in Manrega or the structure of Manrega or in the design of Manrega and also allocation of Manrega because that is also very important. But we should also remember that Manrega is a demand-driven scheme. It is not something that whatsoever amount you have provided in the budget, that's the end of the story. Uh, Any time during the year when there is expectation on, or when there is a demand, the government has to provide money because it is the entitlement under the law. So that is the another scheme where we, uh, we, we, we may see more and more provision. The third one is about the health. Health and educations are always there. Uh, we always hear from the government that uh, there will be higher allocation mm -hmm. for the health and education. It also becomes a lot of political debate on health and education. So this time we may see some kind of change in, and, and of course, keeping in mind uh, the new education policy, uh, which has come into effect, uh, there will be some changes in education. For the health, since we all are talking about that, uh, how people are suffering because of the out-of-pocket expenses, so can we provide more money under the health? Uh, and there, there will be a more kind of social issues. I won't call it as a political issue. There will be more of social issues than the economic issues in terms of health okay. and education. Okay. So all these right. are the three areas where I think the political and the social concentration will be much higher than the economic concentration. All right. And like you mentioned several important points. Another thing that's talked about a lot in the budget is ta taxes. Like now we are talking about expectations, lots of expectations about taxes. So last year there was no change in the income tax slabs for individuals. So do we expect the same this time as well? Let me begin with a very uh, famous line of what uh, former finance minister, the late finance minister Arun Jaitley used to say. Okay. That the convention says, uh, please uh, just underline this word, convention says that we should not present a full-fledged budget during the election, right? Okay. But mm -hmm. rules do not prohibit us, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Because as on date, mm -hmm. on presentation of budget, the government is having full majority. And since the election date has not been announced, government has its own right, can announce any new policy or new scheme. Now you will ask that why I'm mentioning this. For the general election, income tax rate is very, very important. And what we are expecting that this year we may see some kind of tinkering in the new tax regime, okay. but not in the overall income tax regime. And that we may see only next year. So we will see the income tax restructuring in two phases. One, in the new tax regime, if you can remember, just two years back, the government did introduce a new income tax regime yes. where you have mm -hmm. to forego the exemption and pay the income tax at a lesser rate. But unfortunately, uh, uh, not much excitement is happening on the new income tax regime. So the expectation is that we may, we may see some changes in the new income tax regime that can take place this year. But what about the overall tax one? That's the mm -hmm. income tax. If you see the income tax slab, there at present we have 250, then we have five, then we have 10. So up to 250, it is zero. Between 250 to five, it is five. Then five to 10, it is 20%. And up to 10, it is the 30%. There have been demands 
that we should raise the limit from 2.5 lakh to 5 lakh rupees and there is one very important line that if you are earning up to rupees 5 lakh per annum you don't have to pay income tax but if you are earning more than rupees 5 lakh you will have to pay the income tax and that could be 5% and the 20% now the demand is that can we do it can we raise it to the 5 lakh rupees flat 5 lakh under the new income tax regime as well as the old tax regime and anyone having income more than 5 lakh they will also get the benefit but the problem is that if you raise the threshold from 2.5 to 5 lakh the people in the higher income tax bracket will get more benefit rather than people in the lower tax mm. bracket mm. so that is one kind of uh, balance act the government has to think about we are expecting that there will be some change in, in new income tax regime this year remaining changes will take place next year because that will be just before the general election and government as a political party will also try to impact that okay so shishir you uh, spoke a bit about the new tax regime so how has it taken off it has not taken off well people are not very much interested in participating in new tax regime the reasons are obvious i mean as a salaried person you will always try to get some kind of reward for tax saving mm. right so you want to invest your money or deposit your money in a scheme which will give you tax incentive that means your uh, actual tax taxable income will come down by that much amount where when you are putting or when you are investing or depositing in any scheme under the new income tax regime the very important thing is that there will be no exemption so there will be no incentive for the people to go for investment and saving right number 1 number 2 when they are investing or depositing the incentive will always dominate their mind so they are looking uh, for this aspect number 1 number 2 there is not much difference in actual uh, benefit under the new tax regime and the old tax regime the calculation which have been shown by very chartered accountants they are also saying that not much difference not bigger differences there so what people are thinking that why we are not going for the older tax regime where the benefit is high rather than going for the newer tax regime where we don't have to submit any paper we don't have to think about any exemption we don't have to give any declaration except the form 16 what we get at the end of uh, uh, after the uh, end of financial year Uh, before filing the income tax return that's that's all but still uh, the cost of or what you can call as the opportunity cost of getting benefit of exemption that is playing a critical role uh, of uh, people not switching to the newer tax regime okay okay all right so as of now it has not taken well but and it the way you mentioned it it doesn't seem like people would choose it instead of the old pension old tax regime as of now we are not seeing much excitement among the mm. taxpayer okay. about the newer tax regime mm. of course there are few people who think that it's better to uh, go for a simple hassle free income tax regime where we don't have to submit any paper we don't have to give anything except the form 16 but these kind of people are very limited in numbers right. even the millennials are also going for the older tax regime than the newer tax regime and please remember that when it was announced the focus area was the millennial okay okay so that's a major setback so now talking about gst like there are sectors which demand that gst slab should be lower for them 
So do we expect any announcement around GST from the government for the budget? Normally, uh, we do not see any bigger announcement, especially about the rate, etc. Mm -hmm. in the budget. Mm -hmm. Budget only provides some kind of umbrella legislation, umbrella uh, legislation amendment. Like if you have to amend the GST law, there the finance bill will be there. But in terms of rate restructuring, you will have to wait for the meeting of GST Council because GST Council is the ultimate authority to decide decide about the rates and uh, uh, exemptions or any kind of rejig or restructuring. We, okay. we should also remember that a group of ministers is uh, working on the recommendation uh, for rate rationalization that uh, may take place after the budget or the possibilities that it mm. may not take place before the election. But uh, uh, budget, you will not see uh, about uh, any kind of rate thing uh, uh, or rate to rejig exercise in the budget. Okay, all right. So basically, that would not be the focus of attention for the budget. Like It should not, not be because yeah. after the introduction mm. of goods and services tax uh, in mm. the year 2017, it was made very clear that it has nothing to do with the budget. Of course, mm. the budget is there to make changes in the umbrella legislation. Mm. But for rate rigging or for rules and for various other things, there's a GST council. And GST council uh, has a different way of functioning than the union budget. So wait for the GST council meeting and then you will come to know that what kind of rate rigging exercise is going to take place. All right. Okay. So... Now, talking about disinvestment, we have seen that the government has been reducing its disinvestment targets. Like for FY23, it was reduced to 65,000 crore. So where does the government stand with regards to disinvestment? And can the situation be improved? Like, will we see a time when the government actually increases the target instead of reducing it? See, target is something... Uh... It's, it's not something what you can call it as the carved in the stone, that if it is written uh, 65,000, so government will go <laughs> for only 65,000 or 75,000 crore. Okay, it can yeah. go much beyond that. Yeah. And the problem this government or any government in the mm -hmm. past have faced, that uh, when they set up a very target, very high target, and when they not able to meet those targets, then uh, there were questions that what is happening on that front. So for the last two years, what we are seeing that the target of disinvestment is not very high, number one. Number mm -hmm. two, government has always maintained that now the disinvestment is not for the physical deficit part of kind of thing. Mm -hmm. What we mean that we are not getting money just to bridge the fiscal deficit. Of course, it will help, no doubt about it, but it is not with the intention of bridging the fiscal. Mm -hmm. Number three, the government has already come out with a PSC policy. Under the PSC policy, it was very clearly said that beyond the four sectors, uh, most uh, all other sectors will be closed down. CPSs in all other sectors will be closed down or will be privatized or it will be merged. And even in the four sectors, which are called as the strategic sector, which includes banking, financial services, energy, and all those things, there the government, uh, uh, what you can say, government uh, will have a very limited role or government participation or government uh, share in those CPSCs will be very limited. Most of the CPSCs will be merged or most of the CPSCs will be privatized. So now we, what we are expecting that in the year 22-23, we have not seen much of the strategic disinvestment according to the PSC policy. Before that, the last one was the Air India. 
after air india uh, and nilanchal ispat we have not seen of course there were a lot of uh, uh, companies in the pipeline this year we are expecting that since the financial performance of cpss has uh, uh, has improved very uh, well so government may go aggressive on uh, privatization but you will not find very high target in the budget you will find the target as low as say uh, 70000 crore or 75000 crore and at the end of fiscal the government will government can pat its back and say that okay we have earned 1 lakh crore or 1.5 lakh crore rupees so the, there the government can show its achievement and when it when when it fixes the target of 1 lakh crore and not able to achieve even 60000 crore then it will have to face a lot of criticism and that is what uh, that is the reason why the government is not uh, keeping the target very high but you will see very aggressive disinvestment in this year okay so basically it's good to be safe with regards to the target yeah all right so shishir as you mentioned that this budget is very significant very like politically so with regards to that last budget saw substantial reduction subsidies primarily for fertilizers food petroleum the fact that this is a crucial budget do we see something different do we see increase in subsidies on the contrary i will just say what you asked mm-hmm. that during the current fiscal we have seen very high subsidy expenditure especially okay. in terms of fertilizer and also in terms of food because after the extension of uh, pradhan mantri garib an kalyan yojana mm. uh, till the 31st december 2022 we saw good uh, jump in the food subsidy and fertilizer of course it is almost doubled the budget provision was something around 1.05 lakh crore and now it is more than 2.15 lakh crore mm. so the fertilizer subsidy has gone up and it will continue to rise why it will continue to rise because of the russia ukraine crisis russia ukraine okay. crisis has impacted the fertilizer price in the global market and that is why uh, we have to pay higher subsidy and also please remember that urea which is the highest mm-hmm. uh, consumed fertilizer it is the price fixed by the government and the price has not been revised for almost last 10 to 12 years and we are selling urea almost at 1/10 of the cost price so there the expect the expectation is that the fertilizer subsidy will be high one thing which we may see like in the budget document initially the allocation may be lesser mm-hmm. but the government has a way to provide additional money through supplementary demands for grant during the monsoon session and the budget se- uh, and and the winter session so uh, you may see that but that is a that is one possibility we are expecting that fertilizer subsidy will be high food subsidy will be low why food subsidy will be low because the pradhan mantri garib anna kalyan yojana and national food security act uh, scheme have been merged so now the government has to provide money for the only for the one scheme and not for the two scheme so there we are seeing some kind of reduction in the food subsidy the other the third component which is the fuel subsidy which may not be very high because we are providing subsidy only uh for only to the lpg consumer in the ujwala scheme uh there uh, we may not see very high increase and that is not a very significant one but fertilizer will be the significant okay all right so basically the numbers not necessarily reflect what's happening so shishir now coming to the infrastructure sector 
last budget had a predominant importance in infrastructure they talked a lot about it we saw a 35% increase in infrastructure and development so how is the sector doing with all the schemes like pm gati sakti pm awas yojana how has the sector been so far uh this infra thing is doing very well and hmm. i can also tell you that uh, if we take the budget allocation for fiscal year 2223 out of 39.45 lakh crore uh the uh, the capital expenditure was 7.50 lakh crore and if we include a grant to the states for the creation of capital asset the actual amount was 10.5 lakh crore and the good thing is that we have seen very good uh, uh, expenditure trend in road ministry as well as in the railway ministry so these are the two critical infrastructure sectors where we are seeing very good growth good progress is there and infra is critical not just in the terms of what you are providing say logistic support to the industry it is also critical from the employment perspective because whenever you go for any kind of construction activity it creates not just the direct employment but also indirect employment in a bigger way and another thing is that it uh, it give the benefit to almost 400 kind of economic activities so any spending on infrastructure has a very very high multiplier effect and this year we have seen very good infrastructure expenditure as well as the infrastructure sector development so there is no doubt about it and what we are expecting that in the fiscal year 23 24 uh, we will see some more increase in the capital expenditure so that uh, whatsoever growth or whatsoever speed we are seeing in the infrastructure project that could be accelerated uh, so the progress is good and now the time has come to further accelerate okay all right uh, also shishir talking about as you mentioned that like i'm i keep coming back to politics and economics as we can't really separate it like one point of discussion has been the old pension scheme like congress saying we need to keep it back and bjp focusing on new pension scheme so are there chances of that coming in the budget anyway certainly not as of now we are not getting any indication and also please remember mm-hmm. that this scheme old pension scheme mm. when it was introduced uh, late atal bihari vajpayee was the prime minister so at that time nda was in power so mm. this policy is a brainchild of nda okay. so nda going back to uh, the old pension scheme and reverting the decision which has been taken by uh, vajpayee ji as a prime minister uh, it may not take this and that is why you are seeing that most of the congress ruled states have announced uh, going back to the ops but mm. not any of the bjp or even the coalition one have have said that they they are going to implement this at this moment we are not expecting any kind of change in the pension scheme and also uh, during the winter session when the questions were asked in the parliament the government made it very clear that at this moment there is no plan to revert back to the old pension scheme so that you will not see in the budget okay all right so lastly i'll i'd like to ask a very general question chief economic advisor v ananta nageswaran said that india will become a 7 trillion dollar 7 trillion economy in 7 years so are we close to achieving that at this moment uh, we are almost 3.25 trillion dollar economy 
So if we are expecting a growth rate of six to seven percent, uh, uh, seven trillion dollar in next five to seven year may not be uh, what you can say difficult one. It can be achieved, but the kind of global uncertainty we are facing, the kind of uh, unexpected activities taking place, and the, we should not forget the pandemic. If these things are happening again and again, it will be. It may have some kind of impact on the what you can say achieving the seven trillion dollar uh, target or achieving the five trillion dollar target. But if other thing remains the same, if like the economists always say, and in all the economic theories, it start with an assumptions. If other thing remains the same, then the possibility of achieving five trillion dollar economy or seven trillion dollar economy or even I say ten trillion dollar economy in next five to seven years or in next ten years will not be difficult okay all right so you sound really optimistic about the same yeah that's good to know okay that was not my last question this is my last question that is um shishi you have been covering this since a while so what's your personal opinion about what might be the important significant talking points of the budget if you can conclude in like two or three uh, points what do you think would be like i always say that um, uh, this when the people are saying that this is the last full fledged budget hmm. my belief is that it is not the last full fledged budget okay it will be one of the budget and next year we will see another full fledged budget number 1 Number two, uh, we will see more focus on middle class and the youth in this budget hmm. because the middle class have always been deprived of very kind of uh, what you can say benefit in terms of uh, say income tax benefit or any kind of tax benefit. Uh, so middle class will be focused and if you can recall what uh, Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman had said just uh, two to three days back uh, and she said that I am also uh, from hmm. middle class. Mm -hmm. So this is one thing which we are expecting. And since it has been a very long complaint, so my personal uh, thinking is that the government will try to do something for the middle class in this budget. So like uh, what, uh, I'm sorry to cut you, like what can the middle class expect? Increase the housing loan limit mm -hmm. under the income tax exemption benefit. Okay. So if you say at this moment, you can get uh, the uh, exemption on 1.50 lakh of principal repayment and up to 2 lakh of interest repayment. Hmm. If you can increase it to say 2 lakh rupees or 3 lakh rupees, more and more middle class will be happy. Number one, if you increase the investment limit under income tax ATC, middle class will be very happy. So these are something, if you don't need to reject the rate, if you reject these kind of limits, that will also going to benefit the middle class. And of course, giving income tax relief is always welcome. This is something which is like putting more money in, in, in the hands of people. <laughs> hmm. That is, of course, that is a very good idea. But exemptions are really needed at this time. And that will help the government uh, to, in, a, in a two way. Uh, or what we can say, middle class will get the benefit. Government will also get the benefit. Because when you are going for buying a house, that is going to benefit almost 400 kind of economic activities. It is going to create more and more employment. So government will also get the benefit like PM Awas Yojana, whether we talk about uh, urban or whether we talk about rural, that has a very, very huge impact. So my personal thinking is that 
you don't need to reject the income tax if you raise if you uh, raise the limit under various benefits that will also help the middle class so middle class and youth will be something uh, which will be focus of uh, this budget and of course a rural area the farm community uh, will another area which we may see uh, more and more uh, schemes or more or more benefit for that and the reforms in the cooperative sector which was announced just here uh, last to last week that is one major step uh, one major uh, thing which has taken uh, place for the benefit of the rural economy so my personal thing is if i summarize into 3.1 it will not be the last full fledged budget number 2 it will have something for the middle class and the youth and number 3 focus will be also on the farm community okay so i think you sound pretty confident about it not being the last full fledged budget i told you that since convention says mm. and rules says please try to make uh, the distinction between convention and the rule if the rule is prohibiting you you will not do it but the if convention is prohibiting it you will try to All right, Shishi. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you like it, please subscribe and share. Stay tuned for more updates on the upcoming budget. Thank you.